And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm sorry. You can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Brilliant! And time, and time again. Crank up the music. Charge your glass. This nation is going to dance all night. Serie A strikes again. Radio 2's Popmaster goes all self-aware for its sins. Silencing the crowd in the snooker cauldron. Steve McManaman's four pairs of iconic detachable hands. What did happen to Wilfred Bonney? Definitively ranking the proverbial footballing unions. Andy Townsend reviews the Foo Fighters. How to make Luton going 2-0 up against Bournemouth sound like the Battle of Stalingrad. Keys and grey on Gagan pressing. And one listener launches a spirited defence of long-distance runners making up the numbers at five a side. Brought to your ears by The Athletic. This is Football Clichés. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 128 of Football Clichés, a Colts podcast according to one national newspaper of record. I'm Adam Hurry and with me first of all is Charlie Eccleshare. How are you doing Charlie? I'm good. Are we, are we not bigger than Colt? I'm happy with it. You're happy with it? Okay, fine. Uh, yeah. I guess it is meant around. to be niche, isn't it? Yeah, we don't want to become hover- too mainstream. No, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly right. We're hovering around seventh in the charts. That puts us in some West Ham territory. West mm. Ham are a culty kind of club, right? I guess, yeah. <laughs> yes. In a weird way. We, we've had um, some interesting feedback to Keir Starmer's appearance last week. Many people pointing out, Charlie, that um, we gave him a platform on one of one of the most obscure football podcasts out there and he chose going to games playing football and goals <laughs> some of his favorite and least favorite things about football i don't know I, I felt like i couldn't push back he's got a very busy diary yeah i mean i still think carragher is the peak of that his his first love of football was football exactly you, you can't really beat that i think once you know that was the jumping the shark moment uh, so actually yeah maybe we should be pushing for the cult thing because that does suggest we are heading yeah, too far into to the run that home a little bit more but he did listen to the carragher episode in preparation so i think he must have just taken ah, his so leave like, i can choose anything this is great yeah. um but yeah this uh, is but, positively yeah. niche i've gone for goals compared to football <laughs> but no he came across well and it was a good episode so i don't care what people say alongside you for the adjudication panel today is david walker dave the um the the appeal of this podcast is spreading it seems absolutely yeah because at the end of my Sunday League match this this past Sunday for Ribblesdale Rovers in the Marcus Lipton Cup. Oh, nice. Great yeah. name for a cup. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, Ribblesdale Rovers were defeated 3-2 at the hands of Vale County FC, who play in the Bob Dixon League One. Oh, <laughs> that's such a football league name. You are the, Bob the league Dixon. Of, and at the end of the game, we're doing the, um, the post-match fist bump 
as it is now, mm. as opposed to the old post-match handshake. And one of the last players I did the fist bump with on the pitch went, we've got a few football cliches fans on this on this team, mate. Nice. And I was like, oh, brilliant. He's like, oh, I can't believe you didn't mention us in the Sunday League pod. I was like, well, I, mean, I don't know who any of the teams are. I barely know some of my own teammates, let alone the other teams. But I'll mention you now, as I am doing. And I will say that I did actually genuinely notice during the match that they were pre- particularly good exponents of the classic Sunday League cliches. Oh, there was nice. there was a lot of pre-kickoff shouts. There was, first tackle, boys, come on, from the off, boys. And then there was a very loud, still nil-nil, when they went up oh, three-nil. They, wow. three they were three-nil up after about ten minutes, and there was a big still nil-nil, boys, which I, which I did like. Did they recognise your voice before the game, or what, uh, what happened? Uh, well, I was trying to think, I was trying to work that out. Then maybe one of them has seen me on Twitter, but I don't... I've, I've had it at the end of games as well, and I think it's from... I think because I mentioned who I played for, and you maybe mentioned who you played for, and then that's kind of... Uh, I think lit, the process of elimination from there. If they knew they knew I played for Ribbles Del Rose, they knew I played at centre-back, probably quite easy to work it out from there. Well, when my recovery from my Achilles tear is complete, we'll see what happens. Right, time for the adjudication panel, a typically colourful affair for us again. We start in the most important place of all, and that... Charlie, mm. Serie A. Beto. Success returns it. Sliding challenge. Rugani. Success once more. Gets the shot away. And that was the closest. <laughs> A little bit more urgent this time, I think, Charlie. Delivery is not quite the same. It's slightly different. It's not as sung, as musical as the other one, but it's still weird. Yeah, is, is this... Yeah his trademark i don't know i feel like we should we should play them side by side let it roll let's see how they how they how they pair up gets the shot away 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 what a trademark to have dave it's it's amazing like like many things i mean it, and including some things that we'll talk about later i do wonder is he listening does he know is it self aware or is it know. just because this, what what this does is kind of blows our theory out of the water that mm. we had last week, which was that it was a slight momentary confusion when he thought the ball had gone in on the side netting. Because the shot from success in this week's clip is pretty clearly travelling over the bar. Is, so is maybe he, it is it just a weird quirk that he's got, or is he trying to ape, is it trying to like ape Drury? Does he think that this is a is he trying to like give it some gravitas and some heft in in, in the way that Drury does in in a quite natural way? Because that, that is bizarre. I don't know. I, I, I don't find it unpleasant. I have to say, I don't find it unpleasant. Um, uh, and I'm going to do a deal with everyone. If he does it one more time, I'm going to name him. I'm going to name him. I won't do it yet. <laughs> but one more time. And uh, his name is being released to the world. Speaking of uh, self-awareness when it comes to the language of football in the wider wider world, Popmaster on Radio 2 appears to have rumbled us. After all, she is a Leighton Orient fan. Muffins. Uh, yes. As you well know, the first page of the Popmaster rulebook clearly states any contestant mentioning the football team they support then has to add for my sins immediately afterwards. Exactly what those sins are, we may never know. But there is one thing I do know, and that is it's high time I cut the chat and introduce today's Popmaster... For my hey, hey, I was only halfway through that. I 
I um Oh no. I, I, I detected a little bit of annoyance there, Dave. I I mean that's the closest I've seen Ken Bruce to getting genuinely angry. I think like she's genuinely annoyed that someone's been picking on Popmaster. Yeah, so so again, do we think that someone on his team's listening and they're tipping him because I can't imagine does Ken Bruce like football? Can't imagine if if he does, he certainly, he certainly wouldn't listen to a, to <laughs> such a cult podcast as this one. Get him on the pod. <laughs> Get him on the pod. Now I've been trying to delve into this phenomenon, Charlie, because it it there's a possibility. I can't quite get my dates in line, but it, there's a possibility that for my sins has become a noted phenomenon on Popmaster before we picked up on it. Uh, among mm. some of the diehards, yeah. mm. so um, oh, so interesting. It, I'm not. I, I think if we were ever going to claim we were the first, we shouldn't. I mean, but, for uh, my sins has been knocking around yeah. oh, for yeah. a long, long while, so mm. it's possible. Yeah, if you think the, the frequency that football fans appear on Popmaster and have to declare their allegiance for their sins on Popmaster, if if that is the case, and this, I mean, how long has Popmaster been going for? God knows, decades. I I, I imagine, right? And for its sins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why would he choose now of all times to to mm. clarify and to make that point? So don't try and own it, Ken Bruce. Mm. Don't you try show and own me it. show me this rule book. Yeah. Where's it written down? <laughs> yeah. What do you do to relax, David? What do you do to relax? Um more of that sort of chat on the way later on. So I've just Googled actually. Does Ken Bruce like football? And on his Wikipedia page, it does say Bruce is a fan of Partick Thistle FC, occasionally remarks on their fortunes during his show. I reckon I would have guessed Partick Thistle, Charlie. I reckon that, I really that does feel guessed. That does feel right, doesn't it? It's never going to be old firm, was it? Ever. And it means he can say legitimately for his sins. Yeah. Which... <laughs> That's a very for my sinsy team. Right. Um, worrying scenes from the snooker once again. Charlie, we've seen it before and I've got a double helping for you now. This is from Chris Hatcher, who was watching Stephen Hendry describe the atmosphere for the Masters snooker at Ali Pali before Ronnie O'Sullivan's first round match last week. Very motivating factor, I assume. Yeah, and, and he likes to play on the big occasion. You know, obviously we were two years playing in front of no crowds. Walking in front of this cauldron is just... He's, he's, I expect him to fly this afternoon. <laughs> a cauldron, Charlie. Are we having it? I suspect snooker fans are going to defend this to the hilt. Welcome to I... hell. <laughs> can it Slitting be a cauldron? A cat's throat as you go in or something. Yeah, can it be a coordinate place where you kind of have to be quiet must be the, quite I mean, contextually dave i think they're on safe ground aren't they it's quite bowly yeah can be intense psychologically and yeah and the you know the 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 ta- and you said the pitch there the table is in the middle the base is in the, yeah is in the middle of the of the sort of bowl structure yes but of course in no by no other measure is it a cauldron well, I imagine it gets really hot in there, like genuine, like <laughs> just from a really literal point of view. Yeah. Especially yeah. as don't quite a lot of elderly people go to the zoo, and I always associate the elderly with it being really hot. Oh, uh, so, I thought you meant. I thought you mean you you associated them more with being witches. <laughs> witches <laughs> and warlocks. <laughs> Bearded men. Uh, I so I, I think, or from really. a temperature point of view, it might it might be cauldron like. Yeah. Um, but atmosphere-wise, atmosphere, I mean, the most notable no. thing about the snooker is it's always quiet. That's what I mean. It's hard to be a cauldron if you if you legitimately have to be quiet. When do when do they make new noise in snooker? Sort of end of frames or are they? There's like an enthusiastic ripple when of applause frame has after been sealed, a they'll, they'll yeah, get but like a really big pot. Like if if O'Sullivan like nails a long pot, mm. there'll be a big there'll be a bit of a oh. 
that. I mean, you know, but there's no there's no one trying to put off the opponent or anything, is there? No, I think there's a quiet intensity to snooker. I have to kind of allow a little bit here because um, no one's giving it like the big rowdy. double. No one's giving it the big two fingers whistle, are they? No, <laughs> just the idea of it, like, I don't know, like, like, flares. like potting a red and turning around and like a whole group stand in the alley <laughs> panning, going, ah, like two fingers, like, oh, wanker I mean, would, it would be, it would be perfect for the, oh, as they're queuing, as they're queuing up on the break, <laughs> oh, your shit, ah. Well, well, yeah, I guess so. I mean, this theme did continue throughout the tournament. Chris Hatcher again. He says, I can't quite believe what's happening. Here's John Parrott during Neil Robertson's quarterfinal against O'Sullivan. You have to say, John, all credit to Neil Robertson. What a lot of bottle. Yeah, he's a tough cookie, all right? I mean, you need to. I mentioned earlier, we were talking with Steve at the start of the programme. You, you've, you've got to be able to stand up to it. You know, you've got to have something about you to come out into that auditorium. It's like playing an away match. You've got to try and silence the crowd, which you did early on. <laughs> Two things, two things here. Charlie, first of all, silencing the crowd, obviously, just just absurd. Secondly, early doors, like getting it done early on. That's it, that's it, the title turn. No, I really liked auditorium. <laughs> just just because how at odds an auditorium feels with a like cauldron-like atmosphere. Yeah. I mean, I think of an auditorium, like kind of thing, like a lecture at a school or something like that. Silence in the auditorium, please. The referee, doesn't he literally silence the crowd? <laughs> <laughs> the early on bit is, is great. Just the idea that you have to, you have to really, you know, stake your claim early doors to shut the crowd up. I mean, the, the thing about Ali Pally is like, if they were to take the snooker table and snooker players and plonk them in the middle of the darts, then you'd have a cauldron on yeah. your hands. That's a cauldron. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Happy cauldron, but a cauldron nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah, a happy cauldron. Michael Cox is an enthusiastic fan of snooker, isn't he? I'd, yeah. I'd be intrigued to know his thoughts on this. He, he might he might have a, a, an interesting yeah. view. I can imagine him sticking And he's also strikes me the sort of bloke that it, if there's anyone that's going to sh- heckle a snooker player, I think he's, he, he's possibly <laughs> one of them. The biggest gobshite of the snooker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, uh, more absurd scenes in the world of football and its periphery now. David Hartrick was the first to notice that um, a company who only have one product are selling a Steve McManaman action figure, one-sixth wow. the size of the real-life man himself, for 250 quid plus <laughs> shipping. <laughs> now... Already absurd, but then I can, I can, you know, we've seen these sort of things before. We've seen commemorative coins, we've seen commemorative royal plates, all that sort of shit on the back of newspapers. So at this stage, I'm not thrown. My mind isn't blown yet, Charlie. Um, but let's delve into this a little bit deeper. It comes with one, two, three, four different, four extra pairs of hands. Four hands? iconic what? hand gestures from Steve McManaman. Oh. In more detail, because it lists, it, it itemised the list of all the things that you get in this pack. One iconic hand gesture set of Steve McManaman 9596, and then three other sets of hand gestures, presumably less iconic. What is his iconic hand but gesture? But similarly iconic. Well, but then, this is what I was going to say, but then Jack Pitbrook tweeted you earlier, didn't he? And and it, there's a suggestion there that he was always gesturing whilst at Manchester City. I mean... For that to be described as iconic is is going some. Well, as as, as famous and noted a pointer as Steve McManaman is, the pointing Mm. is not part of the iconic. Oh, I see. That was just one of the additional sets. The iconic hand gesture, I shit you not, is simply him with his hands pointing downwards with his fingers slightly spread apart. Apparently that's the iconic hand gesture. They've zoomed in on it. I thought you meant like 
did he do a particularly memorable celebration? Was there a point or a thing yeah, with his hands? Not deliberate but, at but all. If you do think about him dribbling, he sort of had that kind of loose, gangly. Yeah. His hands were sort of limp by the side kind of thing. But again, as just stretching it to the yeah, extreme. Yeah, but it is iconic. that what the hand pointing down is linked to? Is that supposedly while he's dribbling? I Do think they've just found one photo of Steve McManaman and decided that that, With whatever his. his hand was doing, was iconic at the time. Incredible <laughs> attribution of iconic there. Um, what else do you get in this pack? You get um, a little long sleeve jersey to put on him. Some shin pads, one pair. Iconic. <laughs> Hang on, you get some shin pads? Shin so pads, got, yeah. Has it got actual socks then? Little tiny little socks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To look at it, you think it's all kind of one moulded thing, but now you apply the clothing to the doll. Well, okay. Right. That's actually, so yeah, you get some shin pads. Okay. And uh, I quote... Iconic white tapes under pads of Steve McManaman, 95, 96. <laughs> what? <laughs> Football boots in black colour, unbranded. So that's ruined it. I haven't got the rights to do that. Sorry, so what were the iconic under... What do under pads mean? Where, where are they going? It's, it's white tape under the pads, the ankle tape. Iconic. Oh, it's iconic. Under the don't, you, don't you remember? Okay. Don't you remember the iconic ankle tape? Steve McManaman, This is amazing. I mean, 96. Tom Gibbs, friend of the pod, mm. he has a big thing about iconic. Mm. And which is, you know, just how unbelievably overused it is. Yeah. I wonder if this is about as far as it's gone. Un- iconic under shin pads for Steve McManaman. That is mm. hard it's to ridiculous. be. And do send in your best iconics. Well, yeah, well, my is. most, the one I always think of, and it really annoys me, is the signs at Wembley Stadium. They say, welcome to iconic Wembley Stadium. You're not, you're not, not allowed to say that it's iconic. Mm. You can't call yourself iconic. Exactly. Yeah, and if yet, you are going to use it at all. Though writers of press releases do this very often, because we'll often be told, you know, the, the iconic Puma logo or mm. you know, the the iconic Mitre Ball. That, to be fair, is iconic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> interesting bar you're setting there, yeah. <laughs> but when you said the iconic white, I thought you was going to say the iconic white suit. Oh, yeah, that would have been that good. That is iconic. Yeah. That is iconic. I'd want that for the 250 quid, quite frankly, yeah. plus postage. Uh, Has what... they set off like a bidding war for this, knowing that there's only one of them left? Because this has done, you know, this has got a lot of eyeballs on it. Yeah. Has, has anyone purchased it? Is I it think still available? a thousand available, so it's, it's oh, limited right. edition. Um, what else do you get? You get a football, a little white football with his signature on it, um, a supporting platform, a certificate card of Steve McManaman 95 slash 96, Certificate numbers, one to a thousand, delivered in random manner. <laughs> and a gift card. I mean, this is in stark contrast to the NFT craze that is yes. sweeping the globe as we as, as we speak. It's quite a quaint reaction gone to it, old school, it, isn't it? yeah. It yeah, made a physical quite... thing. Yeah. Hmm. This is targeted, Charlie, towards a kind of Far East audience, the, the Liverpool fanatics over there. But just to, just to get the marketing machine really going, they sent Stephen Maneman, his own action figure, and got <laughs> him to unbox it on youtube and this was my favorite little portion of that this is him taking his own action figure out of the box and squeezing about as much enthusiasm as he can let's see what this is like wow look at that he looks like me yeah the little hand (laughs) (laughs) right let me, let me, let me, if I can get the words out, let me just explain my two favourite parts of that. One, looks like me. Yep. Yep, that's the best. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the second bit, little hand there. <laughs> the, the yep is absolutely yep. genius. Not, a, yep. not an Andy Gray yep, by any means, Charlie. 
no 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 it's not as emphatic as that it's like yep very reluctant yep tantalizing little marketing line at the end of this prime moment this is the company in question dedicates to produce the best quality action figure series for football legends plural so this suggests that there are more Mm. on the way dave who's next who's next it needs to be someone with uh, some sort of iconic aspect to them Mm. who's it gonna be what what detachable elements could a could a mid nineties Premier League figure have? Robbie Fowler with the nose strip, I suppose, is Great in the same yeah. ballpark. Was there a goal you know, goalkeeper who wore a cap? Chris Kirkland. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Chris D- Kirkland D- and his iconic cap. Could you get oh, the yeah. iconic collar for Cantona that you get to flick up? Yeah. That's right, yeah. Yeah, we need to factor in clothing here. Any play um Chimbonda wearing gloves in April. That could <laughs> That'd be, be quite hard to simulate the fact that it's April. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What about Arsene Wenger and, and the coat? Oh, yes. God. <laughs> they'd have to make a coat that's like hard to do up. Yeah. Oh, goodness <laughs> me. Doing a little zip. That would be, a like, sick, dolls don't a zip, zip a sick the size of that Wenger <laughs> coat. That would be, that is a teeny tiny difficult to do zip, which is ideal. Doing his little fist pump. <laughs> yeah. You get the water bottle as well that he chucked, um, yeah. that got him sent off at Old Trafford. Mm. The iconic water bottle he threw. Yeah. Little, little Pat Rice next to him. <laughs> <laughs> Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Brought to your ears by The Athletic. This is Football Clichés. Moving on. This is from Eddie Cowling. He says, In the early stages of Manchester United's FA Cup third round win over Aston Villa, BBC commentator Guy Mowbray refers to Wilfred Bonney, and um, in doing so, he subtly subverts a low-key commentary staple. Uh, Charlie, you'll know what's coming here mid-sentence. United only once out in the third round in the last 11 seasons. That was... Eight years ago when Swansea won 2-1 here, thanks to a late Wilfred Bonney winner. What happened to him? (laughs) (laughs) Now, now I say it's subtly subverted, Charlie. Now, now first of all, we all knew that question was coming at the end, just because the way way he pronounced Wilfred Bonney. Wilfred Bonney. And Mm. it just leads into whatever happened to him, doesn't it? But as it turned out, as Eddie Cowling notes, this was actually a genuinely sincere <laughs> what happened to him. <laughs> so subtle, I almost didn't detect it, but it's very, very worth our attention. Uh, by the way, would have wouldn't have been out of place in that sentence either, would it? What happened? What happened, what happened, what happened to him, him, by the way? 
Yeah, that would have been a, again a sincere. By the way, it's like, yeah, yeah, can someone else look this up for me? Well, funnily enough, I consulted Google's. I went under the bonnet of Google, and it, I discovered that the the world searches for Wilfred Bonney spiked at that <laughs> very moment. It went from naught to a hundred on their completely indecipherable scale of search volume. So it looked like the masses were genuinely trying to find out what happened to Wilfred Bonney. Did any news desk do rapidly do an SEO file on Wilfred Bonney? What happened to Wilfred Bonney? What's what time network? is he on and what channel? Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, that would be the, the sort of opportunistic reaction. I mean, in fairness to Wilfred Bonney, after that game in question, which I think was what, 2014, because I think it was when Moyes was there, he did then get a huge money move to City. You know, he didn't totally disappear after that um so it's a little bit of a harsh whatever happened to him mm. but uh, yeah Mi- middle east feels like a, a sensible guess mm. but i've just i've had a look you say he's playing in the middle east looking at his wikipedia page he's actually not been updated for a long time he was no, playing a good sign. he was playing for al itihad in saudi arabia in the 1920 season the most recent sort of stuff i can find about him was from January last year. So 18th of January 2021, BBC Sport article. Wilfred Boney, ex-Man City and Swansea striker, willing to play anywhere. He'd been training for Newport County. Oh, yeah, of course. That's right, yeah. So... Um, that's the last a, I'd heard of him. A year a year has passed and we don't know where he is. My agent and staff, they're talking with Turkish sides, Chinese sides, Korean sides. Blimey. Guy Mowbray was right to ask, is basically Mm. the summary of this, wasn't it? A pertinent question, to be fair. Quite right, too. Where is Wilfred Bonney? Turns out it wasn't that easy to do his research because somebody wasn't updating Wikipedia, so annoying, (laughs) annoying. Moving on. Voice of football Ian Danter was on last week's Totally Football League show. And uh, he had something to say about an an age-old footballing trope. They had a goal ruled out. Songo, I think, went up with the the Carlisle keeper Howard and it it was chalked off. It seemed... Well, we see this all the time. You know, I'm sure Sam Parkin and Adrian Clark, as members of the Forward or Strikers Union, will say that the goalkeeper was protected a little too much in that instance. Right now, first of all, Charlie. Um, <laughs> whoa, whoa. Yeah, let's get on to the the prime matter here. Are you happy with the Strikers Union? I think I am. But I did think he say Union is a thing? Did he say strike? I thought he said forward and strikers union. Yeah, because I think he's blurring the lines. But, uh, forward or strikers union? Because yeah, yeah. Adrian not, Clark was a, a winger, FSU. wasn't he? Strikers have a union, right? Yeah, strikers, strikers probably like do. Strikers union. Strikers union, yes, I guess. In I'm trying to think what would be a sort of jovial, think, like a oh he's got to hit that, hasn't he? Oh, strikers union here. I've got Ian and Alan. They'll uh, they'll say he had to hit that. From I there, would say rather the, than passing. I would say the strikers union engages Dave when a player has missed a chance. And someone suggests it was an easy one, but the striker said, that's actually a quite a difficult one. I mean, striker's union, but when the ball's bouncing like that, he's, he's only got a split second to react. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, but I also think it will, you'd, you'd hear it when there are deflected, like a uh, deflected oh, he's claiming effort. That. Oh, he's, yeah. oh, he's no, claiming that. Yeah. He's got to claim oh, that. Oh, yeah. 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 Striker's you're union, you're that. claiming that, aren't you, Alan? <laughs> Every day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I quite like union. the idea of, um, obviously, the goalkeeper's union, now the strikers union, all the defend, we can get defenders, midfielders involved. You know, like when to bring it back to last week's guests, when like a Labour leader has to get the support of the unions to, mm. to, to, to you know, <laughs> he secured the backing of Len McCluskey from the TUC or whatever it is. The PFA chairman has got to get the backing of the strikers and all the unions to get yes. the votes. There's a faction, an, an increasingly powerful, the increasingly powerful fullbacks union that are just growing in confidence yeah. as the role becomes yeah, more important. Exactly. 
Yeah. Who's our who's our shop steward for the strikers union? I think Shearer's up there. I say Shearer's Shearer. a good one. Yeah. yeah. So like, let's get this right, Dave. Goalkeepers union are the original and best footballing union because, mm. of course, they are such a separate species. Mm. Goalkeepers. So that's that's well established. We all know the the ins and outs of the goalkeepers union. Strikers union we've established is okay. Defenders union I think is a thing as well because it's. You get that in punditry, don't you? Where they sort of obsess about defending, and they talk about how it might not have been the defender's fault. So it's similar. It's along the similar lines as the strikers' union. Yeah, I used to, union. I used to love defending, <laughs> celebrating a tackle like it was a goal. Yeah, stuff like that. Martin Keown going, you know, I used to go out there and just want to win my battle. Oh, Keown is definitely yeah. in the defenders' union. Definitely. Yeah, I'm just trying. To, I guess as well, if there were things like defenders done enough sort of thing you know so are we just saying that's a terrible miss or are we saying the defenders actually you know done enough there you know martin defenders union and then it might be like or maybe a, like a clumsy tackle yeah. which is no nothing in that nothing yeah in that. it's just yeah you've got to go for way. that you've got to go for that as a defender you, you know you're not doing a job if you don't go for that mm, so that's the defenders union but you know in the midst of all this dave i'm not happy with midfielders union i don't think it exists there's too many functions too disparate yeah exactly it is exactly this could be sort of feathery wingers or sort of hardened engine room operators. They can't all be contained under the same umbrella. It's a broad church, mm. the midfielders. Yeah, imagine like Lee Catamol is, is sort of in charge of the midfielders union. It's just going to be factions everywhere. You've got Dennis Wise and Vinnie Jones and you've also got Christian Eriksen or whatever. <laughs> I'm just consulting a list of trade unions in the United Kingdom to see if I could... There's the Baker's Food and Allied Workers Union. You get like general workers union, don't you? Oh, you're right. Do you? Sort of covers everyone. Rail, I, I maritime think... and transport workers. That's all very midfieldy, isn't it? I think it'd be really hard to get the midfield union for there to be issue. Like, they'd all be prioritising different issues in a way that I, I think would be very hard to get them all on board. I mean, what are the big preoccupations for a midfielder? Workload. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, it's end to, being end-to-end, isn't it? Like you said, Charlie, I think we could subdivide it. Wingers union. Yeah, defensive midfielders union. Yeah. Like engine room union. Water carriers union. Playmakers union. Yeah. Imagine their attitudes towards pressing. In start, you start introducing quotas on pressing. It's like, we're doing too much here. It's too much. Um, but... Just pulling up. No, I've done, my, I've done my bit. I've done, yeah. Yeah. I've done my 2K today. Downing tools. <laughs> um but, you know, I wanted to establish this hierarchy, Charlie. I think it's important to establish the establishment of these unions. And I've I found a parallel for this. I think these individual f- unions, these four positional unions, are a little bit like the boxing organisation. Mm. Goalkeepers are the original and best, WBA. Strikers, WBO. Defenders, WBC. And the midfielders are just the IBF, like the one you don't really care about. Sort of irrelevant. Yeah. Not really a thing. Mm. That's how I see it. We've exhausted that. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, don't worry. There's gold. There's gold now. There's gold now. I can't wait for this. Um, <laughs> one of these, I've been waiting several days to bring this to the world, um, despite the fact it was brought to me by the world. This is Andy Townsend on TalkSport talking about the Foo Fighters. And I think this is the moment, Dave and Charlie, where I'm prepared to anoint him as the voice of football because no one has ever spoken about something non-football in the most footballing tone of voice <laughs> ever. Uh, Foo Fighters, Ed. Why, why, Fighters. why have we got a bit of Foo Fighters? Well, I, I'm actually going to see them next year at Villa Park um, and I've not seen them. I absolutely love the Foo Fighters. I mean, it's a great song, Everlong. I mean, he plays this as an acoustic version or like this, the original. What a song this is, by the way. Talk about get everyone going the minute the minute you walk out and he, he rolls this one out brilliant they're, I just think they're a great band great and, and I, everyone has been to see them Jay as well. they've all said to me 
Have you never seen them? No, I haven't. You've never seen I them? I can't okay. wait to see them. Everyone said to me how brilliant they are. Absolutely outstanding. Like, like just one of those bands where you come away and you go, oh, wow, that was amazing. So yeah. is it Foo Fighters all day? Is that, is that what we've got here on Drive? We've got a few surprises for you. <laughs> Dave, every single element of that, he could be talking about like a really good player as they warm up yeah. for a game. The tone so of voice good. is exactly the it's same. So good. You know, I went to see him last week. If anything, if anything, Dave Grohl played it too well. <laughs> I, I did think there was going to be a bit of like, they give it everything. They leave nothing out there. And that, that, that's what you pay for. You know, they're going to play the wrong notes at times, but we want to see them making the effort. We all know they've given everything and, and they do that every week, week in, week out. You just know when you're going to go and see the Foo Fighters, they're going to give 8 out of 10 every single week. <laughs> I love the fact that he's at Villa Park as well, one of his yeah. old clubs. Yeah, oh, it feels uh, like he couldn't. He couldn't. Philly couldn't go. He hadn't seen them, and he couldn't go until you sort of married those two great yeah. clubs up, and then yeah, it's just yeah, too yeah. irresistible for him. Andy Townsend's stock has never been higher for me, Dave. Genuinely, he does seem to hang. He has had a bit of a resurgence, I think, over the last sort of few years. He's definitely doing more stuff again, and. I'm. I am here for it. Seems like a great bloke. Just seems like a really great bloke. I have to. I was always. I always thought he was a lot better. Better, Clive, than he um, got credit for. I, I quite liked him as a pundit. Yeah. But I know that. I know. You know. That he wasn't to everyone's days. Mm. Yeah. He sort of went off screen a bit, grew a beard, and as as mm. something of a quiet resurgence for Andy Townsend. Let's let's openly declare our intentions to get him on MHD because I think he'd be really really good. On a similar note, less impressive. Um, personal round and platform, but I still want to play it. This is um, Bradley Walsh on the chase on ITV last week. <laughs> just, just not being able to resist an old classic. What uni are you at? Bristol. Right. Okay. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. great. What a city that is, by the way. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> just, just delivered. I mean, I know we're rinsing this, Charlie, but it's delivered in such a perfect, by the way, way. No, that's well worth including. When, it, when it's um, <laughs> transcending city, players, <laughs> horses, cities. Well, also because it's so Dave, genuine the way he stops and then gathers himself. Exactly. As if I just couldn't resist. Exactly, oh. Dave. In this instance, the by the way is, is, is a conversational life raft for him because obviously he has to do all this shit during a quiz show. It's like, where do you go? <laughs> where, do, where do you work? Is it, is it, is it challenging job and that sort of stuff? And then is it, as Charlie says, you can see his brain just going, ah. Oh, and then he just plucks it out and it's perfect and, it, and the yeah. conversation continues. Fantastic. I always think that like he, he, there was a momentary sort of pause where he racked his brains and did he like think of like a big night out he had there once or a particularly <laughs> nice day out. Is Bristol just... that good? I, I mean, it, it's up it's there. It's quite a nice place. Yeah, it's, it's all right. right. Now, pulsating scenes from the championship on Saturday and what some were dubbing the siege of Scott Parker's Bournemouth. It's Campbell! Now they do have their second... They've gone looking for Bournemouth. They found them, and they've got them surrounded. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant! I love that. That's great. Gary Weaver on Sky, Dave. Fantastic. Almost Drurian. Yes, but but mm. but not in any way coming across as a sort of poor man's attempt at being Drurian. Like he nailed that. That was great. He, I'm pretty sure he has form for this. I've noticed this commentator because he's very that is brilliant and he did this recently some i think it was the arsenal leeds game and it was a lot of they and arsenal have got leeds by the throat on the floor a lot of this sort of imagery <laughs> of kind of it's a fight or a 
battle or something. So um, Stalingrad, one, one to look out for. Right. Yeah, maybe just a particularly enthusiastic military historian, yeah, mm. or whatever medieval historian, and just mm. likes to likes bring, combat. Just bring that influence in into the commentary. Got this idea now of sort of um, football league commentators going off and doing reenactments at the weekend. <laughs> I reckon there's a crossover there. <laughs> oh, God. It has to be quite studious. No yeah. history. Yeah. Lots of notes. Oh, God. Just Clive Tildesley in Chainmail. <laughs> Are we the baddies? <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, yeah, just just a lovely piece of commentary in its own right. Um, not ridiculous at all. It really did, really did uh, sum up the end-to-end chaos at Kenilworth Road. Now, in, a, in, a, in, a, in what looks like some sort of FIFA-style level corruption... I drew Charlie Eccleshare in the Athletic Secret Centre at Christmas. Mm. And uh, what better gift to give you, Charlie, than Andy Gray's autobiography, Grey Matters? Have, have, you, <laughs> have you read it yet? I've skimmed it. Good. Uh, I, I read on the tube home from said event, I looked up keys in the index um, and so read all the... I started, you know, the most important stuff, read all the keys bits... And there is some gold. He does foreshadow some of the bad things with a, with a few comments that are not very uh, 2022, not very woke. I feel like a Keys version would be far more entertaining. No because, also, I think the slight problem with it is, is that Grey is kind of at the peak of his powers at the time. So there's no sort of self... There's no justifying anything that's happened. It's just kind of like, you know, Sky are great, aren't we great sort of thing. Um, but there's enough in there to, uh, to make it worthwhile. Well, I, I just thought this would be an organic way to launch into a little bit of semi-self-promotion. I joined the uh, Football Book Club podcast this week, uh, where they challenged me to read the entire book and then talk about it afterwards. It was quite a um, quite an eye-opening experience. Um, learned a lot about Andy Graves' Wolves days, uh, more than I would ever want to. Um, but if, if you fancy listening to that, and uh, here's a little trailer for you. Over the centuries, the world's greatest wordsmiths have crafted the most beautiful sentences ever written. Shakespeare. Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Austin. There is no charm equal to tenderness of heart. And Jermaine Pennant. I pulled two birds and I went home, which is nearly a proverb. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome to Football Book Club, the only book club that's less Jane Austen, more Charlie Austen. This week, we're joined by Adam Hurry to read Andy Gray's Grey Matters. And you can listen to us right now by typing Football Book Club wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer, if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Oh, look at that! That is wonderful! Brought to your ears by The Athletic. This is Football Clichés. Okay, welcome back to Football Clichés. Uh, that last little segment leads us nicely 
into this week's Richard Keys and Andy Gray chat. Now, Charlie, such easy targets as we've established so many times, but I've begun to rely on them and their little sort of chit chats as a kind of definitive bookend to a well-worn talking point about two weeks <laughs> after it you know, hit its expiry date. Uh, in this case, they're talking about Cristiano Ronaldo and pressing. Oh, yes. I mean, the last word was their programme, wasn't it? <laughs> exactly. So this is just an extension of that. literally the last word. No one's talking the about it The very last word. Anymore. It's like slow news. They're ahead of the game, like Tortoise Media. Here we go. You've got Cristiano Ronaldo and your team coming in to watch him train every day and, 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 and train with him. A guy who made himself the best player in the world through his dedication, his drive, his work ethic, his, his ability to, to stay out there longer than anybody. Now, if that's the case and you, can, you don't see that and learn from it, then something's wrong all with you. All of which is true. But all of that is now history. No, he still does it. By the it. way, Chris, any chance you can go and close him down? Any chance you might get yourself hey, no, across on. here and close hold him on. down? You any chance you might do a little bit Listen, over here and close him down? You don't oh, buy Chris Shannon. Hold on. You think they bought Cristiano Ronaldo to close anybody down? Yes. No, they I didn't. Think he's got to no, put in the didn't. same amount of work no, they didn't. as the rest of his colleagues. No, he's not. And if he's not doing it, and Fernandez isn't doing it, and Rashford isn't doing it, I mean, you're playing with most weeks with he six or seven. He hasn't done it for ten years, and Messi's never done it in his well, life, if, if, and they're the greatest players in the world. Here so, we go. You think Barcelona went to Messi? Hey, Lionel. You need to shut him down a bit or you're coming off. Cristiano Ronaldo's winner always used to play up and down that left side. And there would be somebody here to protect him and look after him. Every week, he's the one that's moaning. And if I was in that dressing room, I might be saying to him, listen, just pipe down. Would you? (laughs) (laughs) Of all the pretend conversations in there, that last one really does crown it, Charlie. (laughs) Pipe down. Couple of things though, amazing. Again, this is half time of the City Chelsea game. Yeah. Like with their um, discussion about the three best players in the world that was half time during the City and Chelsea game. I just love that they have the license to have these debates when, you know, surely there are City and Chelsea fans who've tuned in wanting a bit of half time analysis on that game. But uh, but actually saying that they are not going to get anything better than that. So no, I mean just as take that, it. as that debate reaches its crescendo, Charlie, the uh, Chelsea and City players appear behind them on the big screen in the tunnel yeah. as, if, as if they're saying, oh, by the way, yeah. can we just, would you mind if we just... But I'd love it if the game just restarted. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> Gray was at the very top of his vocal range there as yeah. well. Just no, really high pitch. No, no, no way. No, we didn't. No, no, we didn't. What, what I love with all of these is I can, I mean, I can just imagine Key's... It's quite good they're in disagreement and it's not them agreeing with Nigel de Jong sort of awkwardly having to take the punches. But I can well imagine him, you know, taking that view as well, being like, you have got a born winner in your dressing room. You must respect him. How, how many trophies have the rest of the players won, Andy? As, as, as many as Cristiano, is it? No, rather than him taking the, his side. Dave, we increasingly think of these two as kind of isolated figures over there, increasingly marginalised voices in football, but... <laughs> In this particular instance, they've they've nailed the two sides of this debate from a for a, from a very particular level of footballing discourse. They 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 they've represented both sides of this this age very mm-hmm. aged debate quite well, I think. Albeit in a albeit in a very predictable yeah, no, fashion. That's um, you know, and I'm sure that there would be more learned people out there who could take apart Andy Gray's uh, assertion that Messi never pressed. I, I did. That is a, no. That, that is a, that is a view that a lot of people take. So I think Andy Gray might be onto something. But I, I do like the bit there where um, Keys refers to Cristiano Ronaldo as Chris. Yes. Mm. Oh. <laughs> no one calls him Chris. Was that when he was imagining him being in the dressing room with him? Yeah. <laughs> that was. Yeah, that's great. 
Chrissy Ronaldo. I want to end this episode with a rare thing, a very long email from one of our listeners, Gareth Evans, who has taken quite a lot of offence at something we discussed with Keir Starmer last week. Here we go. Listening to your recent interview with Sir Keir Starmer, I was disappointed to hear your section talking about five-a-side characters, specifically your views about cross-country runners who can't really play football, concluding with you asking for ways to get them out of the game. He declares straight away, I'm not very good. I love playing, though, and have always looked forward to it greatly, even though I'm acutely aware I'm never going to be banging in too many worldies. As I embraced long-distance running, I found that the fact I could run all match without an issue was a very useful tool, as I could actually make a difference when the opponents faded, and even sometimes get the glory with an odd fairly fluky goal against more skillful but significantly more knackered opposition. Charlie, I'm, I'm, I'm... I'm feeling some instant sympathy for this bloke. Well, I mean, I must say, I when I started r- doing long distance running, that did help my football quite a lot. I mean, it's hard to do them both simultaneously, but having the stamina and all of that, I mean, I felt a little bit like Frank Lampard sort of midway through his career when he suddenly seemed to get really fit and could get on the end of things a lot yeah. easier. I, I realised that you sympathy. probably would, you would, you would empathise with some of this, given your dual role, but you were, you were originally a footballer who got into... Yes, yeah, we're, we're talking yeah. about an opposite scenario here and he's, yeah. trying to, he's, he's making this case quite well he, he continues surely the glorious thing about football at this level is we're not going to make it professionally we just share a love of playing and experiencing football so what's with the gatekeeping teams I have played for are fully aware I'm not great technically but no I will annoy the shit out of the opponents all game <laughs> in my mind doing the thing the other team really don't want you to do is as valid a tactic as gliding past opponents and stroking it home we're 40 plus tired parents not Zinedine Zidane I know I'm shit, and I'm sure there are many other cardiovascularly blessed donkeys out there. But if we're that bad, I would recommend running past us and scoring. Not my fault if you can't run fast enough to do so. Cheers. Gareth Evans, 40-plus disgruntled shit, five-a-side veteran. Now, now, Dave, it looks like an open and shut case here. We've been too cruel. And and I would... I have to to state this immediately. I would never decry anyone joining in a game of football. It's very important to say that, both Mm. on a moral basis and for the purpose of this podcast. That's not what I was saying. So my response is this. I think it's really important that I clarify what I meant. I'm not saying that they're too shit to be there. I'm saying that they're too unorthodox for a satisfying football experience. I I feel like I'm going to get some sympathy here. I go to Fiverside Charlie to live out my lingering fantasies of being a footballer. I expect certain things to happen in a certain way even allowing for the low standard. I expect OK players to kind of, you know, try things that they've subconsciously soaked up from watching football for 30 years. When someone turns up and does something unexpected, it jars. It's like it's like hearing a song and then it suddenly does something weird. It might not be bad, but it's unexpected. This is the point I'm trying to make. Unorthodox players do weird things. It might be effective, but it ruins the fantasy for me. So you're recognising your own shortcomings here as much as anything else. I think so. This is a part. This is a this is a flaw in your own psyche. Yeah, it's not being snobby at all. It's just they do unexpected things. Good engines. Happy to have them there. Happy to have the numbers made up. All good. But let's get specific here, Charlie. Long distance runners who turn up in their running trainers playing football, they shoot weirdly, and it's harder to stop because you don't know what they're going to do. That's not a good (laughs) thing. I, I do. I do know what you mean. Like there have been experiences of playing with people who, yeah, you are thrown. By the unorthodoxy of it. What what I find the worst is the people who are almost unsafe though, because they they, they kind of That's like also true. charge into you. Flaming and that I find really hard not to get annoyed about. I don't mind people turning up to five side in running trainers and essentially not being footballers and just being long distance runners. Very welcome. Very welcome. But everything you do is unscripted 
and not in my in my sort of physical footballing vocabulary and it's all very jarring and it ruins the experience for me on a personal level i want things to happen that i expect even if they're too good for me that's fine but i want people to kick the ball in a normal way in a footbally way anyway gareth evans if you want to form yourself the long distance runners football union you go right ahead I'm hmm. apo- apologies for offending you didn't mean to you're welcome to my five side game anytime you like anyway dave thanks for joining us on the adjudication panel today thank you Charlie, enjoy the rest of Andy Gray's book. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm waiting for some what twists and turns are gonna are gonna happen. Unfortunately, it, it all happens well before 2011, but you know we'll see. Shame, shame, and uh, we'll see everyone else later in the week. Cheerio. Yeah. The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.